the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, March the 8th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1618, German astronomer Johannes Kepler, he devised his third law of planetary motion. That's a big deal if you study such things. What that third law is, in case you were wondering, dying to know, I'm sure, it's uh, the third law. It, uh, it is the, the squares of the orbital periods of the planets are directly proportional to the cubes of the semi-major axis of their orbits. Kepler's third law implies that the period for a planet to orbit the sun increases rapidly with the radius of its orbit. I'm sure most of you knew that. I have no idea what that means, but that's what it is. It's a big deal because Associated Press says that happened today, 1618. Today in 1817, the New York Stock Exchange had its beginning, 1792, but it was formally organized, 1817, later became known as the New York Stock Exchange. Today in 1930, the 27th President of the United States, William Howard Taft, he died in Washington, D.C., he was 72, Today in 1918, the Supreme Court in McClellan versus Board of Education, they struck down voluntary religious education classes in Champaign, Illinois, in the public schools. The reason? You guessed it. It violated separation of church and state. Of course it did. Today in 1960, Democrat John F. Kennedy and Republican Richard Nixon won the New Hampshire presidential primary. Today, in 1965, the United States landed its first combat troops in South Vietnam. 3,500 Marines arrived to defend the U.S. air base at Da Nang. In that group, or the group that followed, a friend of mine, he didn't return. Many did not return from those days in Vietnam. Today, in 1979, technology firm Philips demonstrated a prototype of the compact disc player. Remember those? Walkman and all that stuff? Well, that was introduced today in 1979. Today, in 1983, in a speech at the National Association of Evangelicals Convention in Orlando, Florida, President Ronald Reagan referred to the Soviet Union as the evil empire. He said that several times. I happened to be sitting on the second row that day. At that convention, I was very involved in the National Association of Evangelicals back in those days. But I think they changed over a number of years. In fact, I was on the board at one time. They changed over the years. I just had to get out because they did not reflect the organization, not evangelicals in general, did not reflect what I believe to be true on a number of issues not doctrinal so much as social issues. But anyway, I remember those words. Boy, we hadn't just hadn't had a president that forthright and that well-spoken for a long time. 
from the Republican, the conservative side. Today in 1919, Baseball Hall of Famer Joe DiMaggio, he died in Hollywood, Florida. He was 84 years old. And 10 years ago today, I remember this in the news because it was kind of stunning. I mean, when you just saw it for the first time. Ten years ago today, voters in Bell, California, Bell's kind of, it's part of the L.A. uh, area, and it's kind of south Los Angeles, as I recall, um, having lived there a long time ago. But um, anyway, the, the, the voters in Bell, California, they went to the polls in record numbers in the city, and uh, they threw out the entire city council uh, after most of its members had been charged with fraud. And here's what the fraud was. Residents were beside themselves. They were infuriated. They found out that the former city manager, this Robert Rizzo, he had been receiving an annual salary of $1.5 million. I mean, this isn't like... New York City or something. I, mean, I don't think that they should get paid that much. I don't think they do. I don't know what they get paid. But anyway, Bell is a smaller, I mean, there's a lot of people there, but it's a smaller area. But this guy had been getting paid $1.5 million. So some of the citizens started looking into this and saying, wait a minute, this was a while ago, 10 years ago. And so they looked into it and they found out that most, at least four of the five city council members had been paying themselves $100,000 a year, and the only requirement for them was to meet once a month, 12 times a year, 100 grand. People were pretty upset. They should have been, and they were. People only take so much. I'm sure you've noticed that. I mean, they take so much, and then they, they react. Sometimes their reactions are maybe not appropriate, but often they react through the voting process. That's what we do in America. We don't condone violence. We never have and we don't now. Sometimes people turn violent when they feel they have no other recourse. They shouldn't feel that way and they shouldn't act that way, but they do. But you, you can only push people so far, and the left seems to be very handy at pushing people further and further and further against the wall. Because their whole approach is about control. It's not about public service. It never has been. It's always about advancing their agenda, not even their policy so much as their agenda. The policies serve the agenda rather than the agenda serving the policies or the end result for sure. I don't know if you watched any of it or not last night, but the biggest news story around the world today, literally, in every news source I looked at, I looked at a number of them, I glanced at them this morning, Meghan Markle, (laughs) Prince Harry's wife, grew up and lived in North Hollywood. No, I didn't know her when we were in the church there. I don't know if she came to our church or not, probably not. But no, I don't know her. But I know her neighborhood. She... um, she and Harry were on Oprah with Oprah Winfrey last night. Boy, the news around the world is not kind. I don't know if the news media love the monarchy as in England as so much as they just spot a phony. But I watched some of it last night, and man, I tell you, she made me uncomfortable. Oprah was doing what Oprah always does, of course, but 
Meghan tried to cancel England's royal family. Now, I, I'm not a follower of the royal family in England. I mean, we declared our independence from those folks a long time ago. But, I mean, they're kind of interesting. People around the world find them interesting as well. Whether they like them or not, I don't know. But they found them interesting, and they seem to be siding with the royal family and feeling that this Meghan Markle is taking advantage not only of Harry, the son of grandson of the queen, but taking advantage of the whole situation there in England, trying to elevate herself. The parts I watched gave me that same feeling, to be honest with you, and probably you yourself, maybe you didn't watch it, but they're saying today most of the world did or will watch it today. They're saying that the ratings will exceed the Super Bowl, which was 96.4 million people this last year, which was a strong uh, viewership. Normal programs on American TV get five, six, seven, eight, nine million. That's considered a quote-unquote successful program. Obviously, there are those from time to time that spike much higher than that, but nothing near the Super Bowl. Hundred million people and round figures. They're saying this is going to go way past that. It's playing in the UK today. It'll be playing around the world over the next few days. I saw it as just narcissism on parade, a spoiled little girl who finally got what she wanted, and now she's complaining about it, and she's upset. She is the victim. And, of course, it all came down to race. Oprah did what she always does. She exploits others and other situations and circumstances for her own personal advancement and personal gain. She always does that. She goes to the people who are seeking spiritual help, needing spiritual help, seeking spiritual guidance, and she gives them a new age guru and tells them to read the book and makes millions. That's what Oprah has done throughout her life while she says she's a devout follower of Jesus. I don't have a lot of respect for Oprah. I don't have a problem with her. She hasn't done anything to me. But I get tired of it. And perhaps you do as well. If not, just bear with me. I get tired of the hypocrisy and the deception. It always with her and others like her, and she has an enormous amount of power, less now than she's had in the past. This program will spike her power base again. She doesn't need the money, but she'll make millions off this. She was paid in advance between 7 and $9 million by CBS for the rights to air the program. They're on there again this morning. I haven't seen any of it, but I know that what's going on on the networks. They're on there again this morning on CBS talking up the program, regurgitating. And the big deal is it all came down to race. Meghan Markle said that the royal family, and I don't know if it's true or not, but was that needed? I mean, did we have to go there? Did they have to take us there? Yes, of course they did. Because Megan wants to be a star, and she wants it on her terms, and she wants to use her husband and the royal family, from my point of view. And she wants to be the victim. She has to be the victim. She said she wanted to commit suicide. It was so bad being a princess. She said, she said now they're pulling their life together. And they've, they've, they've reduced their lifestyle and all as they drove back to their $14.5 million home near Santa Barbara. I think it's in Mendocino. I, I think that's where it is. 
I know the area. Oprah lives there, in fact. Uh, it's very, very nice. No, we did not live there. Um, I don't know. It all seemed pretty phony to me. And I think they're just playing with the public around the world. They're using the royal family. And again, I'm no defender of the royal family. I don't really care what they do, but it just felt so shallow and so phony. Megan and Harry are pulling their lives together, living on the Southern California beach in their $14.5 million home. And she's asking you to feel sorry for her because she is a victim. In fact, she said that the royal family actually asked and were concerned about how dark their little son, I, I think his name is Archie, if I'm not mistaken, their little son's skin might be because she's half black. And she went on and on and on. And of course, Oprah exploited that as well. You always exploit any idea, any notion of racism. More I could say about that, but I'm done with that because I don't care beyond those comments, what they do. It's interesting in our government, NBC is reporting on a different subject today. NBC is reporting that President Biden signed an executive order Sunday, yesterday, calling on federal agencies to promote and defend the right to vote for all Americans. Boy, that sounds like a noble cause. He said, we want all Americans to vote who are entitled to participate in elections. Well, what entitles you? Well, that's in progress. That's evolving. In a related action, House, the House of Representatives passed H.R. 1, which is defined by NBC and others as a wide-ranging package of electoral and ethic reforms that Biden will sign if the Senate passes the bill. The Senate will be looking at that bill. They'll be seeing it this week, I'm told. After issuing his executive order, President Biden told the press, he said, let the people vote. Let the people vote. Almost like Moses before Pharaoh saying, let my people go. Let my people go. That was the intention, and it came across sort of like that. But the executive order and H.R. 1 are primarily designed to let all kinds of people vote, including those who should not be voting. And they open the door for more, not less, of the fraud that existed in the last election. And there are people across the country very upset about this. We need to be informed, not misled about this. It's, this will be covered up by Oprah. That's why I talked about her for a few minutes this morning. But, but beneath the Oprah story and the king and queen her husband, I understand, is dying in a hospital today while they're airing this stuff about them in the U.K. But anyway, once we get past all that in the news today, you'll be hearing about this, H.R. 1. It's to help people vote. It's, it's an extension, a strengthening of freedom and liberty for all. Biden and his party seized the moment. They're highlighting the fact that the House passed H.R. 1 and he issued his executive order on the same day commemorating the 1965 Bloody Sunday crossing of the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama. And it was bloody. It was horrible. It should have never happened in America. Black demonstrators fighting for access to their ballot box were beaten up by police. Shouldn't have happened. That's wrong. But now it's being exploited by 
the version of activists of 2021. Biden's order says, in part, it's the responsibility of the federal government to expand access to and education about voter registration and election information and to combat misinformation in order to enable all eligible Americans to participate. Well, that sounds noble. Thank you, sir. But I'll tell you, it directs that federal prisoners who are currently incarcerated will be educated on their voting rights. That means indoctrinated and said, hey, if we help you vote, here's your Democrat uh, form to fill out, and we'll pick up your ballot for you, we'll harvest it, and we'll get it to the nearest (laughs) voting place. It directs that federal prisoners be registered. They're looking for all of the ways that they can expand the far-left voting block before the next election, which is in 2022. The order is not presidential, but many elections are taking place next year. The order establishes this interagency steering group on Native American voting rights aimed at protecting their vote, they say. Included in the steering group will be the Attorney General, Interior Secretary, Agricultural Secretary, Labor Secretary, Health and Human (coughs) Services Secretary, and the VA Secretary. All these guys and women are on on this committee to help the Native Americans. They've never gotten so much attention in a long time, except during the last presidential election. They were doing this on all the reservations. I grew up not on the Yakima Indian Reservation, but very close to it, very aware of it, very aware of their separate government and all that kind of thing. I grew up with that. That was just normal for us guys growing up in the Yakima and Yakima Valley. So I get all that. I know I know how that works, kind of. I had a lot of friends who are Indian, I mean Native American. The White House said yesterday that even if H.R. 1 would not be passed by the Senate, they believe President Biden's executive order will stem the tide. But reliable conservative organizations like the Heritage Foundation and many others, most all others, are saying, boy, buyer beware. This is not what it appears to be. And that's why I chose to talk about it a little bit today. What can I do about it? Well, you can contact your senators. And I know if you live in Washington State, I know I know what you're thinking. And you're right. Patty Murray is not going to oppose this. And neither will any any of the rest of them around probably the country. But we should still contact our senators and tell them, don't vote for this. It's not what it appears to be. Because it matters that you express yourself. But even more so it matters, or equally so, that we're informed about this. Because it's being presented as kind of an answer to prayer. But it isn't. It's a web of deception that's being woven by the, for the people and by the people that we have elected to run this country. It is not what it appears to be. But they say even his executive order, President Biden's executive order, will stem the tide. Well, stem what tide? Well, the Republican acts of vote to the Republicans, they're saying, It's the acts of voter suppression. So the Republican Party has been suppressing you. They don't want you to vote unless you vote for their guy. That's generally the way politics works, isn't it? Not necessarily not wanting you to vote, but trying to get more people to vote for their guy 
then the other side is getting to vote for their guy. But they're exploiting that as though it's very evil and it's very um, suppressive and it's very uh, deceptive. The deceptive part of it is, is the way they're presenting what they're actually trying to do. President Biden says during this current legislative session, elected officials in 43 states have already introduced over 250 bills to make it harder to vote. We cannot let them succeed. What does that mean? Well, this H.R. 1 is known as For the People Act of 2021. They say it's a landmark piece of legislation that is urgently needed. Senator Minority Leader, Senate Minority Leader now, used to be Majority Leader, Mitch McConnell. I'm not a 100% fan of Mitch McConnell's, but I agree with what he said yesterday. He said, this legislation is exactly the wrong response what he called the distressing lack of faith in our elections. He said Democrats want to use their temporary power to try to uh, try and ensure that they'll never have to relinquish it. And that's exactly right. That's what's going on here. Biden's order celebrates fraud. H.R. 1 will enshrine it into our laws. At least 20 state attorney generals out of the 50 states, at least 20 of them, have signed a letter denouncing this H.R. 1 and the Democrats who voted for it, offering this long list of reasons, including that it's unconstitutional. I don't have time to go through all of it on the program today because we're only a half an hour. But if I did, we could go through it point by point. You'd probably go to sleep after a while. I would, too. But if you look at the whole thing, and I included a link to this, by the way, in an article that I wrote today that was published on our website And it goes out to a lot of people beyond our radio audience. And um, I would encourage you to take a look at it if you want to know more detail, Uh, not just from me, but from what others are saying about this who are studying it. They have groups of research people and so on, Heritage Foundation and a a number of others. But this letter from these 20 state attorney generals is probably the most telling, the most poignant, because these guys are cocked and primed to take this on because they can see how this will devastate the just the very essence of our elections, our free elections, how it will just demoralize anybody who's not a far-left radical voting for a far-left radical agenda. So the letter, it notes that, quote, this bill betrays several constitutional deficiencies and alarming mandates that would federalize statewide elections across America and that states have principle and with presidential elections exclusive responsibility to safeguard how they hold elections under the Constitution. The AGs are calling the bill a monstrosity. These are their words in their letter. A monstrosity of a bill that betrays the Constitution dangerously federalizes state elections and undermines the integrity of the ballot box. That's exactly what it does. And it's in preparation to do more of what they did in the last election, the 2020 election, in this upcoming midterm election of 2022. The bill affects the allotment of electors, redistricting. I mean, it's 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 very expansive. The exclusive division of power, as I said, a list of, of others. And I have put sources to all of this on our article today. It's at Faith and Freedom. US. That's our website. You go there, and the first thing you'll see is today's article that I wrote. We write one every day. It's called Faith and Freedom Daily. And um, 
it's pretty widely read. I would encourage you to, to read it. I think it's helpful, and others obviously agree. But Fox News, they published a, a, a very detailed, a, a very good article on it. Uh, Heritage, others are doing so, and they're all sounding the alarm. They're saying, man, look out for this. Don't do what you can do to influence your your senators now that it's with the Senate. They said, should the Vote for the People Act become law, they will seek legal remedies to protect the Constitution, these 20 attorney generals, attorneys general. They said sovereignty in all states, our elections, the rights of our citizens is all up for grabs in this thing. So they're going to try to protect that. The takeaway about from this is it's a big deal. I wouldn't have mentioned it if it weren't. And should it become law, it will change everything regarding our elections. Fraud will become the new norm, as they say. And it will. This bill is exactly the opposite of how it's being presented. It will change election rules to make it easier to cheat, easier to manipulate election results through the mail-in, harvesting of votes and all this kind of thing, ballots. And on the ethics and campaign finance rule changes, it's designed to restrict and, and chill speech, political speech and political activity, And it has the effect of taking the power away from the states in elections and putting it in the hands of the federal government so they can perpetuate themselves, the people that are in power now, from election to election. I've seen that so many times in third world countries as a missionary there, not a political guy, but as a missionary. Building churches, starting churches, I've watched the governments talk to the people, lived with the people, stayed with them when I was visiting there, in their homes. And all over the world, it doesn't matter whether it's Central America, Asia, Africa, doesn't matter. It's all the same. And this is what happens in a third world country. A few dictators get control and they put policies just like these in place. And then they're rulers for generations. And the people are, have to submit because the law of the land is thus and so. And this is what that looks like, what they're doing now, to me at least. And I've seen a lot of it. I never thought I'd see the day when I'd see it here in our America, the most powerful, blessed, prosperous nation in the history of the world. And every day it seems like we're standing on a threshold somewhere regarding some issue. But we're trying to become to the best of our ability, some third world used to be dustbin country. Perhaps the most revealing aspect of this bill is the length to which the radical left will go to remake America. But if you only remember one thing today, remember this. God is in control. You know that hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness, Lord unto Thee? Morning by morning new mercies I see? Well, that was written out of Scripture. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. It is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions. They fail not as thou hast been. Thou forever will be. God is in control. Never, ever forget that. But be informed. Thank you for your support. We need it. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009.
Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Thanks for spending a few minutes with me today. We'll continue this conversation right here tomorrow.